Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Howdy, friends. Welcome into the balloon party. It's Josh and Rock in for the boys. They'll be back Monday. So you got three more days of the two of us. And then you'll never hear from me again. So that's it. Embrace it. Embrace it while you can. You will never get to see these nipples again. <laughs> because balloon party returns. And then I am done so. Although I might just have to get my podcast going again. If you guys miss me that much. I have a podcast. I just never talk on it anymore. It's there, and it used to have a lot of listeners, and then I just stopped. But if I find that you uh, friends out there want more of me, which I, I can tell you do, if you would, then maybe we'll get the podcast going. You know what I need, Rock? I need to make it worth my while, and I need to have, like, sponsors on a podcast. You know, like, that's what huh? that's the key. What? That's the key. Like, if I had sponsors on this, like, if there are people that spend money on the radio station already or don't, or like, hey, what's a cheap way I can get my message out there? Well, podcast, that's the answer. So I have a deal with the radio station. It's in my contract that if I start a podcast, they get, like, the bulk of the money from it. But I get, like, little piddles, as it were. I get little piddles of it. See, I, I know the show. There you go. I get little piddles of it. So if there's anybody out there that's like, hey, I would like to sponsor a Josh Ennis podcast of sports talk and tomfoolery and Taylor Swift's flat ass talk, well, reach out to somebody. If you're already spending money on the station, reach out to whoever your AE is here, your account executive, or send me a DM on Instagram or X, formerly Twitter, Josh Ennis Show, and let's make some magic. I think we have fans, Rock. I know that it's it's easy to sit there and say I don't know. There's a lot of people who dislike you. I was going to call listeners. Uh, hey, they're fans. <laughs> they're still listening. Right. They didn't turn it off. Fine. And the more they hear me for the next three days, the more they'll be like, "This is my guy. He gets it. He's different. He thinks outside the box." And there will be the occasional to go. He yells too loud for St. Louis. That's fine too. But if you want more of this, this is the end of the road for me. Tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Then I'm on a milk cart, never to be seen or heard from again, banished to KC95 to play all the head east you can handle. But for the next three days, you got me. So, by the way, follow me on the gram or social media, and you can then tweet me or DM me and tell me I suck or that you love me. We don't have to do it via text or whatever. But anyway, if you're somebody with money and you're like, I think this is a place where this gentleman will make magic for me and my business, then you should reach out. What are you laughing at? Why are you laughing? We're three minutes in, and you're giving me a condescending smirk uh, over there, and I don't well, like it. Willie says, mmm, smuggling Tic Tacs again in the YouTube Am chat. I, I look, I don't <laughs> Jen, know why Jen, my nipples are so erect. Jen phone says the left one is full bright. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I, to I do. I don't want to talk about I it. I don't know what to tell you. The YouTube chat. If you want to go to the good. YouTube chat, too good. if you if you have a nipple fetish, go to the YouTube. Go to the YouTube. I don't know how to explain to you why my nipples are constantly erect. Maybe I just enjoy what I do. 
You should admire me for that. This guy loves what he does so much that he, boom, boom, turkey's done. Adam Adam Well says, hey, Ozempic Josh is looking good. I know, right? I'm on Manjaro. But uh, it is, but Manjaro's better. So I'm on the Manjaro. I'm on 10 milligram or whatever it is, milliliter, whatever Manjaro. I've lost like 40 pounds. Maybe it's a side effect of Manjaro. And maybe the fact that you've had this camera pointed to my cans this whole time, <laughs> maybe that's why it's so obvious. Yeah, Maybe it's a side help. effect. Some people say that the Manjaro is bad for like your stomach and your innards. Maybe it also causes you to have abnormally erect nipples all the time. I don't know what to tell you. When I come in here every day, I'm excited to be here. I'm in my, my that's, element. That's okay, I'm in cool. my element. I'm talking sports and tomfoolery. I'm entertaining my favorite city on the planet. This is good. You can't even see me from the waist down. Was that a cheap popper, honest? Maybe. Okay. Um, J- Josh, we need a bi-weekly update for you with, for whenever Tim's on. At first I was iffy. Now I've gone back and listened to the last four days. You are a gift to humanity. I know. That's what I try to tell people. <laughs> I am a gift. I feel like that, I feel like that comes <laughs> off a little cocky. It's not cocky if okay. it's true. Okay, it's enough. not bragging right. if you can back it up. Right. And I feel that I'm a gift to humanity. That's why I'm saying if we, the listeners of this show and this radio station, can build a podcast empire, you never know what we could do. Real money-making uh, endeavor from the 636. You just got to start hawking autograph pics of your nips to the balloon party crowd. Uh, dude, like, honest to God, take bad. a screenshot, print it out, I'll sign it, we'll auction it off to my bank account. Right here, right now. Screenshot the YouTube chat. Do I need to give you like a straight shot? No, like this? No, no, we don't. And then you screenshot it. I'll sign it. You know, best luck to you. Whatever. Huh. How about this? 618 says, you might be okay if you actually talked about sports. See, that's a total myth. I talked about sports the whole time. What happens is if I'm not talking about the sports that you think is relevant or you disagree with me, it becomes, oh, Josh doesn't talk about sports. You know what? I'm done talking to those people for now. I'm going to talk about sports. Oh. So I was listening to uh, the morning show today with uh, Rock and Randall Carricker and the crew with old Danny and old Brooke, and they were talking about dark horse candidates to win the Cy Young. And I know you got to, you know, localize it, but let's be real. Ain't nobody winning the Cy Young, the pitches for the Cardinals. We know this. Like, but whatever. They were like, well, you can't pick Sonny Gray because he was a finalist last year. Yeah, Lance Lynn is going to go out there and he's just going to toss, right? But anyway, I'm not trying to bang on the Cardinals pitchers and catchers, they reported in really ugly uniforms. I get that yesterday. We'll talk about fanatics. It's a scam. All that. All right, we'll get into it. But Randy said something as it relates to Sonny Gray and a bigger picture thing that I found so incredibly comical. Not his words. I'm not trying to bang on Randy because he's awesome. Are you going topless too? Okay. I thought they wanted to see your nips. By the way, I see your nipples. Just a little hot in here. It is hot, though. That's what makes it so wild that my nipples are so perky. It is hot in here. I think I have a disease. Recorrect. I think I have a problem. Get back on the road. Sorry. Thank you. But anyway, I was listening to Randy, and he says, well, you know, Sonny Gray pitched in New York, and in New York there was pressure, and when Sonny Gray had pressure, he wasn't the same pitcher, and now he's going to have pressure in St. Louis. And I spit out my sodi pop in the car, and I said, I'd like to know where this pressure is going to come from in St. Louis. Now, 
I will start with the fans here because I will compliment the fans because I am one of you. I am a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. In fact, I am so excited about pitchers and catchers reporting that my nipples are protruding through my shirt today, and you can see it on the YouTube chat if you'd like on YouTube on 101 ESPN. I love the St. Louis Cardinals, and I have since I was a little boy. My birthday cakes had the, the Cardinals logo on it. I love Jack Buck and Mike Shannon, the whole thing. I am a diehard Cardinal fan, and I have seen varying levels of Cardinal fandom on the internet to know that there are passionate people who want the St. Louis Cardinals to be good and to win World Series and compete for championships and not just to win divisions. I know you're out there. There are also people that buy Adam Wainwright's country album, so there are opposite ends of the spectrum here. There are just, I like going to ball games. I think he's going ke- to bring a new view to the genre. Great. <laughs> there are people who have, like, look, they like to go to the ball game and keep score, and that's all well and good. And there are people that like to go to the internet and bitch about really irrational things about how, like, we didn't sign enough Japanese pitchers that no one had heard of two weeks ago. Like, but I like it. I like the passion. That's where pressure will come from. But at the end of the day, the real pressure has to come from media people. And if you want me to believe that St. Louis media people are going to put any pressure on the Cardinals? Well, friend, I've got a hundred plus years of Cardinals baseball evidence to tell you that that ain't gonna happen. Now, Josh, how would this compare to other places? Like, Josh, you, how would this compare to other places? Thank you for asking. Well, I worked in Philadelphia, Houston, Baton Rouge. By the way, you want to talk about hardcore savage media people and fans? Go talk to places where the only thing in town is SEC football. Those people are lunatics, and many of them borderline racist. It is wild down in Baton Rouge, my friend. It's crazy. But let's go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Home of the Eagles and the Phillies and the Flyers and uh, the 76ers and the Union. So, big major city, passionate city, fans who are completely irrational numbskulls for the most part. Bless their hearts, it's kind of endearing, but they are very stupid and very irrational. Like, let me give you a couple examples of their level of irrational. When I was there, they had yet to win a Super Bowl in their existence. Okay. When I got there, Chip Kelly had just finished his first season as the head coach. They had fired Andy Reid. They had hired Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly took the team to the playoffs, ten and six, and they went in and lost in the uh, the playoffs. Okay. These people love Chip Kelly. He was a god. We've solved it. This is the man. In a couple of years, we need to draft Marcus Mariota and build around that. This is great. Like two years later, they fired him. Chip Kelly got fired there before I did. Figure that out. Chip Kelly, who they loved, got fired in Philadelphia before I got fired in Philadelphia. That's how quick it can turn. Fast forward a couple more years. The Philadelphia Eagles win a Super Bowl. They've been clamoring for it for their entire existence. Give me a Super Bowl championship. You know who won on that Super Bowl championship? Doug Peterson. Two years later, Doug Peterson on the breadline. Fast forward a couple more years. This Jamoke-ass coach that cried during the National Anthem at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Sirianni. Nick Sirianni took them back to the Super Bowl, and if not for the Chiefs getting the benefit of a really ticky-tack iffy call, Nick Sirianni probably wins the Super Bowl. You know what they wanted to do this offseason after this man started 10-1? and one? Fire him! Fire him! <laughs> and the media wanted to fire him. 
Not just the fans. Fans, we're crazy. We love you. We hate you. It goes by game by game, pitch by pitch, moment by moment. We are irrational lunatics. Fan short for fanatic. That's what we are. We are crazy people. You want to see the ultimate in crazy, and I don't know if you can find it? Go find my Twitter account from game six of the 2011 World Series. It was like a serial killer's manifesto. It was bonkers. They're dropping pop-ups. This is the worst freaking team ever. I hate baseball. The next pitch. Oh, my God, we're the greatest team ever. This is the best moment of my life. Home run and extra innings for the Rangers. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying this is the worst team ever, and I hate my life, and I hate my family. Then the next, I love this team. We're irrational, crazy people, and we're entitled to that. You know why we're entitled to be crazy, irrational people? Because it's our dollars and cents that keep all these leagues afloat and make all these athletes rich. So we're allowed to be crazy. But back to Philadelphia. They will fire you in a second. They will hate you in a second. The media people there, this is where it's more important, though, because fans are crazy, irrational everywhere. The difference and why we're talking about this, going back to the conversation earlier today that Randy and the crew was having about Sonny Gray and how now there's pressure because you're pitching in St. Louis. Well, in Philadelphia, it is a competitive media filled with, bless their hearts, a lot of stupid people. I worked with a lot of them. They're no-talent schlubs who troll. That's their gig. So these people in Philadelphia... Their whole ambition is to get clicks. They have to get clicks for survival. They have to get ratings for survival. And how do you do that? You get the eyeballs of the fans. How do you get the eyeballs and the clicks from the fans? You compete and you create the news. That's what they do there. They don't, they don't let the news come to them. They have to create news to get the clicks. It was such a wild place, in fact, that there were times that I was a lead story on the news in Philadelphia. It is a wacky place. That's the difference. That's pressure. You want to know pressure? Nick Sirianni was in the Super Bowl about 370 days ago. You know what Nick Sirianni's doing today? He's had his power stripped away by his owner, and they've basically forced him to hire a bunch of other people to do his job. He just basically does that. Like, he's just a figurehead. That's where we are now. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. If you want to get in on the text, text. You want to watch my nipples on YouTube, you can but while we're talking about pressure in St. Louis, let's compare the real media cities to what we got going on here. And then you'll know why there is no pressure to play in St. Louis for these guys. It's a country club. And by the way, it's not your fault, not my fault. We're diehard, passionate people, irrational, crazy zealots. But the media people don't do an adequate job here. And that's why I disagree with Randy or anybody else who says that there's pressure on Sonny Gray or anybody else. We'll do that when we come back. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. As pitchers and catchers report and we start talking about pressure, all stemming from a conversation that Randy had. And by the way, this is no knock on Randy, who I think is wonderful. I'm not trying to bang on anybody, but when I heard this, when I was walking my dog this morning, not a euphemism, legitimately walking my dog. When I heard this today, I said, that's comical. And I don't know that that's his opinion or the Cardinals opinion, whoever's opinion it is. But his argument was, or at least a point he brought up was, well, Sonny Gray, when he was in New York, couldn't handle the pressure. And now you're in St. Louis. This ain't Northeast pressure, friends. It's not. Now, again, I worked in Philadelphia, and let me kind of go back to that a second to kind of make this point. Not only are fans irrational there, but the media has to be irrational. 
because they need you to click. They need you to view. They need you to watch. They need you. So they're out there competing with each other. There's two sports stations there. They are competing for ears on the radio. Here, I guess there's technically two sports radio stations, but one of them you can't pick up if you go under an overpass. So that's not really a radio station, friends. Bless their hearts. I'm fairly certain their studio is in a pasta house over on Watson or on uh, Manchester. So let's, they're not a real radio station. But anyway, I digress. That's a stray and that was unnecessary, but true. Nobody wants to hear Frank Cusimano talking about food with somebody when they have to put aluminum foil on their antenna in their car to pick. Okay, I'm done. No, Frank, I, wa- I watch your food picks on TV and I like them. That's how I choose where I eat. Anyway, Josh, stop. Now you've done it again. Just focus. Let me rub my nipples a second and let's go. All right. Let's look at St. Louis, though, for a second. Look at last year. There's a gentleman by the name of Ali Marmol, or Oliver to his mother. And he is the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. You guys know him. Let's look at last season. So going into last season, you are coming off a playoff loss where you should have at least won one of those games, but you blew it in the ninth inning. Fine, whatever, but you should have won it. Maybe you should have won that wild card series, maybe not, but you had the home field advantage against the Phillies who hadn't quite become the Phillies yet. You're kind of the reason they became this Phillies team that they are. You were kind of their good luck Chuck, as it were. They beat you and then got hot, right? So... That game happens, that series happens, you lose. Next year rolls around, and guess what you've got going for you, kiddos? You've got every advantage. You're the best team in the division. The world thinks you're going to win the division, right? Things are good, right? You come into the season, and you have the worst season you have had since I have been alive. I am 37 years old. The Cardinals have not had a season as bad as they had last year. Record-wise, slash performance-wise, slash fan interest-wise, since I have been alive. I was born August 11th, 1986. That is the worst St. Louis Cardinal baseball season of my lifetime. What happens at the end of that year here in St. Louis? Well, you know, uh, we're going to give Ollie another run here, but we're going to sign 10 has-beens to make sure he can control the locker room. You know what would have happened in Philadelphia where there's pressure or Boston where there is pressure or New York where there is pressure? There is a 0% chance Oliver Marmol would have a job. And I don't want to get on here and tell you people should be fired or take their livelihood away from them. That's not what I'm looking to do. I'm telling you reality because I'm not the one that compared Sonny Gray pitching in New York to pitching in St. Louis and saying there's pressure. That was Randy. And I was just listening to it. And I said, that's something I think I can jump off on today. What you have here is you've got a city and a ball club that is giving a reprieve to a guy who blew a playoff series as a manager and had the worst season the team has ever had, at least in 20 years. That's what you've got. That's what we're dealing with. So all that to tell you this. Well, the good thing is the organization in the offseason really showed that they reacted to that. Yeah, they, they signed a bunch of has-beens because no one can control the locker room somehow. You've got multi-million dollar players that are sluggers, that are Hall of Famers, and somehow you, you need uh, Matt Carpenter to roll into town to whip them into shape. In any city, and look, I'm not, again, I want to be very clear. I'm not ripping the fans because I am one of you. We all deserve better. There is an expectation in St. Louis for great baseball. That is the expectation here. That is what we want here. That is who we are. This is a baseball town. So I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. 
but we spend the money. I've spent my own money on going to three different World Series. I've gone to, I think, 20 different road ballparks to see the Cardinals. I bought the hotels. I bought the flights. We buy the beer. We buy the overpriced hot dogs. We buy the Asian cuisine that's in the ballpark for some reason. Like, why is there an Asian store in the ballpark down there? Like, I don't want to spend $30 on noodles, but I do because I'm hammered and it's tasty. But this is who we are. So I'm not ripping fans here. I'm ripping this concept that somehow this is a stressful place to play or there's now more pressure for a Sonny Gray. I would argue that the reason why big-name people would want to play here is because there is no pressure. It might, look, you can rip me, and you can say, Josh, that ain't right. No, friend, it's accurate. There is no pressure for these guys here. And if there were, the manager would be out of a job. If Ali Marmol had the last, the end of two seasons ago and this last season that he just had, fun fact, friends, he'd be out in Philadelphia, Boston, New York. And I keep bringing up New York because, again, it's not plucked from the air. It's just what I heard them talking about this morning. There's no way he survives that. But, Josh, they, 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 they fired uh, – what's his name? What, what's his, how am I drawing a blank on a, the Padres manager now? How am I drawing a blank on our boy? Uh, Mike Schilt. Mike, Mike Schilt. I love Mike Schilt. Nobody's got more cojones than this team. I love Mike Schilt. So much so I forgot his name for a second. I stroked out. Manjaro, I guess it does that too. Hard nipples, brain fried. But anyway, Mike Schilt got fired, Josh. Yeah, because Mike Schilt got fired because he didn't align with their weird cult of mediocre baseball that they're trying to build over there with whatever kind of data they're trying to use that told them that, hey, guys, this offseason, I think we need to bring in a bunch of has-beens to run the clubhouse. So he got whacked. And by the way, I really hope he does well in San Diego. Like, I want him to be so good. I do. Can I break a little addendum off this? I feel like in New York or Philly – I feel like the philosophical differences line would have gotten um, sussed out and figured out in in those markets. Yes. Let me tell you a little story. I don't think that like just like oh philosophical differences, and then three years later we're still wondering well what was philosophical differences? I feel like someone would have hammered that out of the organization. Correct. A gentleman by the name of Gabe Kapler was the manager of the Phillies, and the people there hated him because apparently he was all analytics, and the fans hated that or whatever. They whacked him pretty quick. The thing is, and again, I'm not urging them to fire people, right? Whatever. But, like, let's look at the Blues, right? You want to talk about a little bit of pressure? Craig Berube won the Cup. That's all the people had ever wanted. Win the Cup. Win the Cup. A couple years later, he got the Philly treatment, my friend. It was, hey, we appreciate you and all, but the team sucks right now and you're going nowhere. Enjoy your time on TNT. And now they're playing considerable better hockey. You know, last night excluded, that game sucked. But they're playing much better hockey with someone else. There's at least some pressure there. You mean to tell me that Oliver Marmol should still exist as the manager of the Cardinals? Like, if you had a clubhouse that sucks so much that you need to bring in the guys they had to bring in to try to run it, then, like, basically, here's the uh, – now I'm going to get angry. But the job of the manager in baseball, he's going to win you a couple games, he's going to lose you a couple games every year with a decision. That's just how baseball is, right? For the most part, it's sea ball, hit ball, field ball. Baseball is a pretty simple game that a coach really can't do a lot for, unless you have a true system like whitey ball where you're stealing 400 bases a year and you're hitting into the gap and you have a philosophy. For the most part, your job as a manager – 
is to what? Control the clubhouse, control egos, keep things kind of level, and occasionally make one or two decisions that could win or lose you a game. Unless you're Kevin Cash, who for whatever reason pulls all of his pitchers in the second playoff games, and I don't understand why that guy gets all the hype he gets, but whatever. But your job is to keep things under control and run the clubhouse. So let's do the Oliver Marmol thing here. So... They didn't win games last year. In fact, they had the worst season they've had since I've been alive. They lost two playoff games to the Phillies the years uh, the year before. And apparently the guy can't run the clubhouse either. So what does he do? What is it that you say you do here? You know what I'm saying? Am I wrong? Really good reference. I didn't Am see I coming. wrong? So you mean to tell me there's pressure in St. Louis? There's pressure in St. Louis when the manager survives the worst season. Mike Matheny never had it as bad as this. And Mike Matheny was a stick up his ass stiff. Like he so badly wanted to be Tony La Russa. He was a zombie. Walked out there with his giant watch on. and Hey, let's bring an O. Hey, O. Guys, O. And they put it as make the O. Bring an O. He'd give up the game. I don't know. So don't tell me about pressure. And I'm not putting it on the fans. We do supply pressure. Except the dopes that buy Adam Wainwright's music. They do not supply the pressure. They'll be there forever. But we, the people with passion, and we, the people that want to see victories, and we, the people that want to hold people accountable, we are the ones that are the only ones supplying this. Media people ain't. These media people are just suckling off the tea to the Cardinals. They're living off the past glory of the Post-Dispatch. They're like, you know Bob Bragg wrote, uh, you remember Bob Bragg? Yeah, you ain't Bob Bragg, chief. Bless your heart, you write for a website that nobody reads. Now I'm throwing strays at like the athletic. But to be fair, and I want you to think about this for a second. Everybody who's listening right now, I want you to dig on this and really let it stew. Do you know a human that isn't a sports media person that subscribes to the athletic? I want you to think about it. Think about it. Rocchio, do you know a person who is not a sports media member that subscribes to the athletic? Uh, off the top of my head, I know, the, I know, I know uh, the guy who usually sits here in my place, Jackson's dad. Does the start, start He's the sports He's media adjacent. That, that doesn't count. Adjacent. Ooh. Uh, I have a couple friends who do because they're diehard Cardinals Blues fans, but that's it. Are they virgins? Uh, no. Oh. It's just, yeah, they're just they're, they're nerds, but not okay. virgins, yeah. Point being in all of this is like, you got publications like The Athletic. I see what you're saying, though. You're... As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, God. The only people here. who ever reference The Athletic God, are right. my nerdy... Sp- like, I, look, I think BK does a wonderful job. There is no doubt he's got The Athletic. And I like, I'm not saying that, I'm saying his ilk. My buddy, a guy named Mike Meltzer, who's one of my best friends, he used to work with me on radio, BK knows him, and he used to work. The only time anyone ever sends me athletic stories are my buddy Mike, because he subscribes to The Athletic. Like, I don't know who asks for money more from their people to offer them free goodie bags or free totes. I don't know if it's PBS or The Athletic. Who's asking for your money more often than these people? The not giving me a tote, though. They're not? No, I wish I, I just, as you said, I said, can I get a tote, please? I would think so. Like I, I, a tote? I would like an athletic tote. Like a, like a tumbler? I mean, like getting, a, a metal coffee cup? I'm getting, I'm getting good stuff from, from JR. You know, I mean, Sports like, Illustrated I mean, used to on. send you a football give me, phone. Give me a tote. Ask Garth. Garth got that Sports Illustrated football phone. I need, I need playoff, I need playoff projection, projections from, for the NHL and I need a tote. Those are the things I need when I'm, Paying the subscription. Look, in I, fairness, I did. I think I got in for a dollar. Listen, when I gave my money to DraftKings all those times, and now I'm in huge debt, 
they at least had this gentleman that would text me and say, hey, do you want free Predators tickets? I'd be like, sure. I mean, yes, I'm 20 grand in the hole, but I'd love to watch the Predators play the Oilers tonight. The Athletic didn't give me that. It just gives me condescending media, people telling me I'm stupid all the time. That's all they do. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, oh, you just must not know things. You're dumb. I write for The Athletic. No, I write for The Post-Dispatch, and I wear black glasses. I'm smarter than you. Did you know that I write for a publication that Bob Bragg used to work for? Did you know that I went to the St. Louis Sports Awards tonight and was nominated? Did you know that? Like, cool. But it's not wrong. They tell you this. Like, they talk down to you. I don't want to be talked down to. I speak with passion. I don't need some sports, you know, writer telling me that I'm stupid. You know, I know that already. I don't need you. I don't need a nerd telling me that. Anyway, I guess I've gone too long here. I got other things. Boy, it's already 1037. My, my bad. Take it back. Damn. All right, more after this on Balloon Party. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. There's absolutely pressure, maybe not from the media, but the players don't really care about the media. They have to deal with the media for PR reasons, and they usually have someone hopefully telling them what to say or how to answer questions. The pressure comes from your teammates and the history of the organization that live up to the Cardinal way standard that the Cardinals haven't dug into for the last, I don't know, 10 years, eight years. Can I tell you something about the Cardinal way thing? Like, can we stop with that? The, 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 oh, the cardinal way thing is just like, can we, can we not? Uh, can I, 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 listen, I'll say this. If people, if you haven't had the reaction yet, I, I went to Mizzou and I remember my freshman year, I was 18 years old and I grew up in a family that, without any irony, truly said, we are the best fans in baseball. And I love my parents to death because they are diehard Cardinals fans in that way. And they said it without any irony. They truly believed it. And then I got to college and I realized, oh, wait, this is the douchiest thing. <laughs> this is the douchiest thing a city of this size has ever pulled off in American it's history. It's actually a pretty impressive scale. It really is. You know, because like you get every national broadcaster to say it. I mean, Bob Costas has said it. I, I remember well, I, I, Pedro Gomez said it one time. Uh, Buster Olney, Tim Kirchin, every single one of those solid. guys says it. And by the way, I'm not saying we're not good fans and passionate fans. Again, three million people in a ballpark back in 1987 is pretty impressive in a city the size of St. Louis. So I get it. But like, it's pretty impressive. Like, fans can be very self-flagellating a lot. You know. Big, big fun fact, go up to Philadelphia. You know what they call themselves? The best sports fans. Go up to New York. They call themselves the best sports fans. Like every city you go to. No, but we state claim to it first. We planted our flag early. We're the best fans in baseball. Listen, and I know that I know there's some people who listen to this and they think I'm a jerk and that I hate the car, which I'm reading some of these texts. I didn't have access to them before, and now I do. Like I'm seeing some of these people that are like, you hate the Cardinals and blah, blah, blah. Like, huh? Like, 
No. Like, I love the Cardinals. But there are some things, like, it's okay to be self, uh, to evaluate oneself. You know what I'm saying? But the idea that, like, hey, we're here and we're the best fans in baseball and all this. Like, what are you laughing at? I like this uh, 3 and 4 The Cardinal way is having the best player in the game and adding ground ball pitchers and utility players around him. It's Cardinal way. And by the way, any team that's got away is stupid. The Patriot way. You know what the Patriot way was? Tom Brady. That was the Patriot way. Did they just stop doing their job this, yeah. these past couple of years? I guess that's what it was. Do they your just, job. They just stopped doing their job. Yeah, I guess that's it. Like every team that has away. This is our way. We got to get back to the Cardinal way. Cool. I think the, the funniest one that no one talks about here because no one here is a diehard basketball fan is, it, you know, like the Miami Heat, like their culture, they they, the, they talk about their building. Their jersey says Heat culture yeah, on and, it. and like they talk about how like they're, they're the toughest, the hardest, like there's this like string of like nine words that like Jimmy Butler came out like, we're the toughest, the hardest, the best, the, yes. the, the, the t- everything like that. And it's just like, that is... I mean, that's hard. Kudos on stuff. to you guys for trying for trying to make that stick, but it's not going to stick, and it just comes off super corny. The Heat are kind of Cardinals like, though. Like you know, they've they spent are. the last fifteen years being good. Uh, they've won a couple championships because at the time they had a very good player. You know, they had LeBron and those guys, and they're consistently solid for the most part. So they're kind of Cardinals in a way, Cardinal way. It's just so like I feel dumb saying it. I feel like such a dope. I'm like, hey, guys, Cardinal Way. Well, why didn't the Cardinal Way happen from 1990 to 1996? Did it just disappear? What about the 1970s? It was like, we took a break from the Cardinal Way, but now we got to get back to it. The Cardinal Way also seemed to thrive before there was an influx of, like, Dominican ballplayers that were great. Now every team has, like, you know, Dominican, Venezuelan, Puerto Rican baseball players that are all great and we have a bunch of white dudes that aren't so great. And look, there's nothing wrong with being white. I am white. If you didn't know from looking at the YouTubes, I am quite white. Translucent, you might say. But the Cardinals, we had one dude that we had a shot with. And he had too much to drink and drove off a mountain. Uh, someone asks, a 314, then how do you explain the last time we were good, our manager was a diehard believer in the quote-unquote Cardinals way? Talking about Mike Schiltz, had the uh, George Kissel book. That's cute. Also, and look, I like Mike Schilt, but let's be real about that. They won like 20 games in a row in September one year and got hot. So, like, let's not act like, look, I'm not, I am not going to besmirch Mike Schilt. I love that man. No one's got more cojones than this team. You got that? I love him. He's adorable. But let's not act like, like well, we got hot for a month. It's kind of like the Cardinals are fascinating because the two times they didn't win the World Series, they were arguably the best team in baseball. The two years they won it, they arguably didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs. Fascinating. Well, that's that's the funny thing about people complaining about this baseball team is that, you know, uh, the Mariners GM came out at the beginning of the offseason was like, hey, listen, we're just trying to win. 83 games every single year and hoping it pops for for a season that we win a World Series. It's like, yeah, that sounds really dumb until you look at who's been participating in the World Series the last few years. It's like, oh, just six seeds. Yeah, teams six get seeds. In. Oh, you mean not the Dodgers? Barely get in. You mean the Dodgers? Hey, they won they, one in the, in the COVID season. year. Yeah. yeah, congrats. You are awesome. The Dodgers. Like, you and I were talking about this earlier uh, off the air about how fans, like, gauge how much a team is trying by how much they spend. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much you spend. It's about finding good money. It ain't my money. So if you spend $300 million or $3 million, I don't care. It ain't my cash. 
But when I watch and I see fans online get all worked up about teams that spend $300 million and they're like, DeWitt's rich. Why can't he do it? Like, generally speaking, these are not things that work out huge. Now, sometimes they do. Like, you pay a whole lot of money in Philadelphia to Bryce Harper, and he changed the franchise. But then what also what they did is they paid him a lot of money, and then when able, they were able to go out and get other dudes as well because they have, like, a bottomless pit of cash. Also, you have to acknowledge with moves like that how – Something changed that the Phillies were not prepared for, and it worked out in their favor, which is they did not know if he was going to be an effective first baseman. Mm-hmm. That was something that, that was a gamble yes. they took, and it's working, but you have to acknowledge the fact that there was a gamble, and if it didn't work, what would the conversation be like right now? Because you, I know this is a big thing well, on this also, hour. He was out in the field for a lot of was. the early part of he that was. deal. Like, this is a new development due to injury and stuff. But, but so. I'm saying, though, because injuries happen, though, that can completely change a contract. It's just don't always just go results-oriented is, is – what Tim talks about a lot on this hour, I'm a big per- person as well, which is what happened in the moment, and let's not look at everything with just 2020 well, My problem is I think that we as fans can retroactively look back on things that we loved at the time, exactly. and because they didn't work out, we'll sit there and hammer it as if it wasn't a good decision at the time. Like, if you want to look at Mike Leak, the Mike Leak contract that people bring up all the time, wasn't that big of a deal. No. Like, it's a drop in the bucket. It's not $400 million. Like, do you want to tell me that when they went out and got Dexter Fowler, that everybody in town didn't think that was a home run. Of course it was. It made sense. You needed a leadoff man. He's coming off the World Series. It made sense. Those are things that made sense. Sometimes they don't pan out. Like, the right move can happen, and as you said, the result cannot be there. And sometimes there's just the wrong move. But I think people retroactively go back and point and go, we blew that, and that was never a good idea, especially when the team sucks. Like, it's easy to look at last year and be 20 under 500, and you see Garcia doing what he does and all these other guys. Like, my actually, the ultimate in this, though, is the Ozuna deal. Like, like, listen, I love example. you guys. Shut example. up about the Ozuna deal. Yep. Jesus Christ. Like, it was the right move. And, and look, you didn't know that Ozuna's arm was going to fall off. And you didn't know that he was going to be a horrible teammate. And you didn't know that he was going to climb the fence when the ball was only about 311 feet. You didn't know these things. But, like, it's easy to go, hey, this hot prospect has now become something. Ozuna was a proven commodity that was part of an outfield that had three megastars in it. And you got one of them. For essentially a prospect who's turned out to be fine. Also, what are the Marlins doing with that prospect now? They didn't do anything. They won some games, did nothing in the playoffs. Also, the other one that people bitch about, how 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 long was the incredible offensive careers of Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich? Yes. Yelich won an MVP, but where is it what is he like? They're all broken down. He's broken. They're all broken down. So look, and look, you didn't none of us knew that Ozuna wasn't gonna be able to throw farther than I could. Maybe he should have taken off that stupid lime green (laughs) sleeve. Back to my irrational annoyances. Your sleeve does not match your uniform. Like, at least when Yachty would go up. Was it Yachty that had the, uh, his was like red, blue, and yellow is his elbow guard. I'm like, that looks sharp. You don't match. And when you don't match, I, look, you look, when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. I think what hurt Ozuna is he looks stupid with his lime green uh, thing. Other than that game in game five against the Braves where we beat him like 12 nothing in the first inning. That was funny. I think he homered in that game. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, pay good. Yeah, pay good, look good. Look, that's Coach, that's Coach Prime, baby. And he gets it. Right. Doesn't get how to win football games, but the whole world would tell you he does. That's all that matters. He's he sold it to him, so that's all you need. Uh, but anyway, all right, we'll wrap it up after this. Balloon party. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, wrapping things up. I guess is the Chiefs parade today? I think it is. I think it wins stay Wednesday. Yep, yep. Valentine's Day parade for them. There was a story about uh, the police in Kansas City telling Taylor Swift, uh, allegedly calling her people saying, listen, you can't come because it will shut our city down. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was one of the stories that I read yesterday is they were like, listen, Taylor, here's the deal, sweetie. If you come, the city will burn. Which is kind of a sad statement about her fans who are just lunatics. But speaking of lunatic fans, here's a fun story. So um, Beyonce, she of all the single ladies, now put your hands up, and other tunes. So B decided to put out a country album, okay? I guess it's an album. I don't know. I listened to it. It was fine, whatever. It was just Beyonce singing boring music. But apparently somebody called a dinky little radio station in Oklahoma and asked them to play the new Beyonce country song on a country station. Well, this country station, which somehow had someone to answer the phone, which was the shocker of all shockers, someone answered the phone and said, we don't play Beyonce here. And that started a day-long racial war on the internets in which all the members of the Beehive were able to inundate this radio station so much that it forced them to play the new crappy Beyonce song. And then every virtue-signaling country broadcaster in the country had to film a video where they're like, well, our station is going to play Beyonce because Beyonce is the queen and we're not racist. That's basically what they could have just said. Just... Put a little video on. We're not racist. Listen to the new Beyonce song here. So, yeah. Also, I was reading a story about Kyle Shanahan just to get through a couple things I had written down before I went on an hours-long diatribe about the Cardinals. He's still trying to claim that he knew what was going on in overtime, and now he's thrown all the other coaches under the bus and been like, listen, I, they, that was their job to tell the guys. No, Chief, I think it might have been yours. I think it was your job to make sure everybody knew because it sure seems like old Andy Reid did let his team know about everything. None of his players were out there like, yeah, I didn't know the rules. But a lot of your players were out there like, hey, I don't know the rules. Do we still believe that Shanahan had no clue? I, there's no way. And he's claiming like, well, we had this planned out before the playoffs started. Oh, did you now? I want pay, I want a paper trail. I want Kyle Shanahan to provide me with what analytics he saw. Because he said this. He goes, well, we looked at the analytics and felt that taking the ball first was the right move. Show me. I want you to produce them, and I want timestamps. I don't want you just to go into your computer room today and type them all out on an Excel spreadsheet and be like, here, this is what I did. I want timestamps. I want numbers. I want dates. Because there's no way that analytics, which apparently is never wrong, there's no way that your analytics said, hey, let's take the ball first. And your rationale was, hey, we might get it third and be able to win on a walk-off. There's no way. If some Joe Blow nobody like myself is able to see that that was stupid, you're the head coach. You should know better. Anyway. All right, so uh, the guys are coming up next with uh, BK and Ferrario. Uh, Alex does a great job on the pre and post. I was listening to that. Uh, He does a great job. I can't break down hockey. I like hockey, but I can't break it down. I say, hey, you whack it to the net, and then, you know, you get a juicy rebound. That's what you do. That's hockey. You know, I don't know. I can't break it down. I do know this, that the Oilers scored eight goals, five of which were in the third period last night. And I know this because I gamble. And that's not going to be pretty tomorrow at Enterprise Center. Dude, they're fun. Dude, Edmonton's fun. 
they are great to watch. And I just think it might be a massacre tomorrow. Hope not. Might be. All right, BK and Ferrario next. See ya. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.